0: It's Milwaukee's Tailgate, the midweek mini-pod version. I'm J.P. Breen. And if you missed last week, we're doing something new around here. In the middle of each week, I'm bringing you a bite-sized solo podcast where I'm able to dig my teeth into individual topics or even do in-depth interviews. And while this is my opportunity to play with ideas that are clanging around in my head on any given week, I also want to stress that I welcome any ideas that you might have. And one of our listeners even suggested that I... Use uh, this mini pod to do a retrospective on Ben Sheets' career, which I love that idea, mostly because I love Ben Sheets. But I'm going to push that off to a future date because I want to talk about Kristen Yelich's monster first month. Unbelievable performance. Yet, as I hope to show, Bruce fans have seen better April's than the one Yelich has just produced. But before we get there, remember that you can help fans find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We do want listener questions, especially for the, the podcasts that come out on Monday. So follow Milwaukee's Tailgate on Twitter at MKETailgate. You can email your questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com. You can also follow our Facebook page. You can follow the three of us on Twitter, and you'll find that in our Milwaukee's Tailgate Twitter bio. And finally, if you want to support the podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash MKE Tailgate. Our MB and Ball and Glove patrons receive the first uh, receive the monthly Minor League Extra podcast. Milwaukee's Tailgate is sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing and their English style malt bombs and perfectly balanced hop grenades. You know them for their great beers like Dragon Flute, Block Party, and their flagship Fantasy Factory IPA. On May 12th, Mother's Day, remember, Mother's Day on May 12th, Carbon 4 will be tapping Brunch Buddy, a mimosa-inspired brute IPA. And not only that, they're going to be offering moms a free pint. So be sure to get to the K4 Tap Room on Kinsman Boulevard between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. To enjoy a Mother's Day brunch, get a Brunch Buddy while you're there. Also, get 12% off merch at the Carbon4 web store with the pro the promo code MKETailgate. And as always, check out Carbon4.com for more information. Carbon4, beer brilliance. So Christian Yelich's big month. He hit uh, 353, 460, 804 in the month of March and Well, so the months of March and April. He had a walk rate of 16.1%. His strikeout rate was also 16.1% and he hit 14 homers. It was, you know, anybody kind of thinking of whether Jelic was going to take a step back off of his brilliant second half last year that ended up bringing him the MVP. He was brilliant. But I do think that we need to make sure that we are adjusting to new run environments. This isn't the biggest month of April in Brewers history, much less even its recent history. So to understand what Yelich has been doing, I think it's actually better instead of looking at those, those kind of like slash lines, those triple slash lines that I was just looking at there. We have to use a statistic that actually controls for numerous factors. A statistic that compares Jelic's numbers to those of the rest of the league. And I think WRC+, uh, which is available on Fangraphs, does a pretty no- nice job for this task. DRA is great. It's the newest uh, kind of collective and context, uh, context-based statistic that's on Baseball Perspectives, but the monthly splits aren't necessarily the easiest to find at the moment. So WRC Plus is a great uh, kind of substitute for that in our moment. And Yelich had a 2.15 WRC Plus in March and April this year, which means he was about 115% better than the rest of the league. And while that's astoundingly good, we've seen better even in this decade. So how about Eric Thames? He hit 345, 466, 810 with 11 home runs in 2017, which was good for a 219 WRC plus, which is slightly better than what Yelich was able to do this season. And how about Ryan Braun in 2011? He hit 367, 457, 724 with 16 homers. It's even more than Yelich. His WRC in March and April that year was also 219. And so while Yelich has been incredible, he has company when it comes to other April performances in Brewer's uniform. So what's going on with that? I mean, home runs galore across the league this year, which certainly has to do with the juice ball, but we have to think about performance in relation to the rest of the league. When we're talking about how great somebody is doing, not necessarily the raw performance. So that's why a stat like WRC helps us do that. But if, Yelich isn't necessarily breaking, you know, records for Aprils in a Brewers uniform. He's certainly, at least, carrying forward what he did last year. If not, maybe doing even a little bit better. And so, a lot of people have been kind of talking about whether or not this is this is sustainable. Or now that it's actually happened for multiple months in a row, kind of looking back to last season, what's changed? It does seem that some people are looking more and more into launch angle. And so while I do think it's it's notable to say Christian Yelich's launch angle is changing, it certainly didn't in 2018. In 2018, his launch angle on average was 4.7%. That was 367th out of 390 batters who had at least 100 balls put in play last year. 2019, it is up to 13.4%. It's 147th out of 344 batters that have at least put 25 balls in play this year. Big jump, right? You're talking about nearly three times as much. We also see that his ground ball rate has dropped significantly. So for the first time in his big league career, he's had a ground ball rate under 50%. It's 43.8% this year. On the other hand, that's still higher than the league average number of 42.9%. So things are changing, but I do think it's a a bit disingenuous to suggest that he's embraced the launch angle revolution or whatever you want to talk about in terms of launch angle. In fact, he's just kind of middling now in terms of the rest of the league. And to be honest, I'm not even sure that we have a large enough sample to know for sure whether this change is statistically significant, at least if we're thinking about Proper statistics. It, it certainly seems so, and I do think that we do see some meaningful changes. But we're still just talking about 89 times in which Yelich has put the ball in play this year. I'm not sure that we can necessarily say we're seeing Yelich either employ a new swing, take a different strategy at the plate, or something that you know we haven't really looked at in terms of launch angle or or whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure we can actually say for sure that we know something is different just because it's happened for a month. But what has really changed? Largely, it's been the home run per fly ball rate that has exploded for Yelich over the past two years. He'd never gotten above 23% in a single year. So that means for kind of all of the fly balls that he's hitting over the course of the year, 23% of those, never more than 23% of those had been going out of the park. That number last year, 2018, jumped to 35%. This year, 2019, it's even jumped higher. He's now hitting a home run on 41.7% of the fly balls he's hitting. That's incredible. The league average rate is 14.3%. You're talking about almost, you know, it's at least three times higher than the rest of the league. But that league average rate, that uh, 14.3%, it's still the highest since Fangraph started cataloging these sorts of statistics since 2012. This entire point about 41.7% of the fly balls that he's hitting are leaving the park. That's massive. But what else is happening across the league that's more and more balls are, are leaving the park that are put in the air. It's not just the launch angle revolution. It's not just the fact that you've got more people putting the ball in the air. It's you've got more people putting the ball in the air, and more of those balls that are put in the air are leaving the park. It's the juiced ball. And we know that ball manufacturing has been changed to the point that they're that they're talking about like statistically analyzable or statistically noticeable reduced drag on the ball when it's in the air. It's publicly available information. The league can talk all, you know, Rob Manfrey can talk all he wants about the ball being within accepted limits or whatever he wants to talk about. There's a mountain of evidence to show that the ball is carrying farther in the air than it ever has before. If it is in those accepted limits, If it's within that threshold that they're willing to tolerate, it's on the very, very extreme end of that. They're doing that in AAA this year. We've talked about that on different podcasts. We've talked about the fact that Keston Hura's power jump this year, he's got 11 home runs already. This is as of Tuesday night. Those 11 homers, everyone's talking about, well, now he's ready to go, right? Now you know we're seeing the fact that his power is jumping now that he's getting closer and closer to the big leagues. His power is also jumping because he's using a different ball. He's taking advantage of a different ball that he can put further and further once it's in the air. We talked on the, the minor league podcast last last month about the fact that this actually helps us get a better feel for what guys are going to do in the big leagues because they're using the same ball. But as fans, we need to think about run environment. We need to think about the fact that, yes, Yelich is doing so many great things. But so are a lot of other guys. And so, I suppose it's not a coincidence that Yelich, who's obviously one of the game's best hitters, is benefiting from kind of the juiced ball. It's also not surprising that he's benefiting from it more than most. And I also wonder... If this has to do with the high number of opposite field homers that Gellich hits, he's got five or six this season, kind of depending on where you want to draw the line on what an opposite field homer is. Baseball prospectus has shown that the biggest change, at least in terms of the the batted ball profiles, or like who's been able to take advantage of the juiced ball most, has been the folks that put the ball to the opposite field. It's actually the opposite field home runs. Are the opposite field balls that are put in the air that are traveling further than number four. In other words, those are the ones that are affected most. So we sh- shouldn't necessarily be surprised that, you know, Yelich is putting things into the third deck. Shouldn't say, well, that's because of the juiced ball. Well, that probably would have left the field regardless. It's those ones to left field. It's the ones that are going into the Brewers' bullpen in Miller Park, per se. Those are the ones that he's kind of being bolstered a little bit by that juice ball. And so we should remember that when we're talking about Kristen Yelich putting together, you know, one of the greatest months of April that we've seen, or talking about the fact that he's one of the best hitters that the Brewers have had, which is undoubtedly true, right? Not saying that Kristen Yelich is not one of the best the best hitters that that the Brewers have had. But thinking about the fact that we have talked about Christian Yelich and just constantly talking about how ridiculous he's been. You know, he's putting up otherworldly numbers. Maybe it's notable to think about the fact that Christian Yelich is putting up together quote-unquote otherworldly numbers. But numbers that we've seen twice in Eric Thames and Ryan Braun this decade alone. So, you have a gifted hitter, reaching his prime, who's benefiting from the juice ball. He's still, one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Not to mention the National League, where he might actually be the best, depending on how you how you land on those sorts of things. What do you think of Manny Machado? What do you think of guys like Cody Bellinger? I just think it's important to put his start, to put April at least, his March and April, into context. And I think it's important to do this for two different reasons. Number one, it helps us understand the current offensive environment in Major League Baseball. And this is important both for viewers and for people who, you know, enjoy things like fantasy baseball and things like that. It helps us understand the game better but it also ensures that we don't race other tremendous st- uh, tremendous starts in franchise history. You know, perhaps you might think I'm being a little simplistic here, you might think I'm being a little bit nostal- nostalgic. But it's important to not forget what Braun did in 2011 or what Eric Thames did in 2017 largely against the Cincinnati Reds. And we shouldn't forget about those things just because Yelich's performance is the last thing that we've been se- the last thing that we've seen it erases the times that should stand out in our heads as fans not to mention that long-term kind of perspective, right? keeping the last decade in our head that helps the team make better player evaluations decisions but i'm not necessarily i'm not necessarily doubting that the team is going to you know, be able to put Yelich's performance into context, right? They've got plenty of people that are paid to do that. I'm not breaking any ground there whatsoever, but it helps fans keep player evalu- of player evaluation perspective, and it and it helps keep kind of our our Twitter opinions. It helps our conversations. It helps our perspective stay sane. It helps us abo- avoid that hyperbole. Which is just important when we're thinking about kind of how fans are thinking about the game in general. And so yes, Yelich has been incredible. He's our MVP. But he shouldn't dominate our headspace. His great performance should make us remember others. Those memories, those great feelings. These are what makes sports meaningful. It's not whatever is happening most recently. It's about the catalog of feelings that you're able to create. The feelings, the memories, all those different things that you can tap into and relive when called upon. It's something we'll hopefully be able to do with Christian Yelich in a decade or two. It's something that we do. You know, you have people from a different age in terms of baseball fans uh, or Brewers baseball fans. They do it with Robin Yount all the time. Younger people get annoyed by those sorts of things. But it's important to, to talk about those those times. To allow people who experienced Robin Yount. Did an interview with Trenny. Trenny Kusnerik, A couple of months back, I suppose now. Maybe a month. I guess it was probably a month or so ago. She remembered Robin Yount's 3,000 hit. Vividly. It's, she lit up about it. Something that stayed with her for for a long time. I certainly don't remember that. A lot of people who are listening to the podcast might not remember it. It's important to hear those stories, though. And again, it's something that we'll hopefully be able to do with Christian Yelich in a decade or two. We'll hopefully be talking about the fact that he had a monster second half in 2018 to carry the Brewers to an NL Central crown. A surprising NL Central crown. Over the Chicago Cubs, 160, 163rd game. The fact that he was perhaps the reason, the at least the main reason, why the Brewers were able to get to the playoffs in 2018 and were able to go to the NLCS. And I'm sure that this, you know, this past April will be one of the things that we remember most prominently when we talk about hot starts. But the reason that I think it's also important to put these things into context. It's the fact that I actually started doing research for this thinking that Yelich was going to be the guy who had like the best April in Brewers history. That's how I started the, the entire podcast is I was going to create something to be able to talk about the fact that Christian Yelich was kind of doing what we've never seen before. But we have seen it before. And the fact that I don't remember that—that's a problem. That's something that makes me, frankly, a little bit sad. I want to remember when Ryan Braun was was fantastic. In fact, I don't even remember his MVP season all that much. Yeah, you know, I hear people. I hear. I used to hear my grandpa talk about Robin Yount. Used to hear him talk about Cecil Cooper. It's those things that, like, I, I want to be able to remember those things going forward. I want to remember that when somebody talks about Chris Njelic in 2019 and in, in his April in 2019, things like Eric Thames, things like Ryan Braun, that comes straight to my mind. I want to be able to have those things. And I can remember those experiences. I can remember those players. And I think putting these things into context to be able to use the statistics that we've got available now. To help us remember these things, I think that's extremely important. So, yes, Kristen Yelich, fantastic in March and April in 2019. And what he has been is fantastic, like a lot of other Brewers players have been in the last decade. And I think it's important to remember that. All right, that's going to do it for this version of the mini pod. So, you can join our Patreon, just remember that, by visiting patreon.com slash Tailgate, our patrons at the m&b and ball and glove levels will receive the monthly minor league extra podcast which ryan and i will actually have out later this week and as always you can follow us on twitter at Tailgate. you can submit questions to milwaukee's tailgate at gmail.com or through our facebook page for milwaukee's tailgate baseball podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcast. You can leave reviews. You can help people find the podcast. We really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Please join me next week.